Now, with listeners in 40 countries worldwide, we're Internet Talk Radio for planet Earth. TalkZone.com. It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. (gasps) Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact. Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, this is interesting. Washington State University has tested vinegar to act as an organic herbicide. It's now registered to be the world's first food-grade organic weed killer. Apparently, 20% vinegar is a great way to kill your weeds. Women and sleep. It's our regular uh, focus each and every week on women's health. Dr. Craig Hudson joins us today. He's a well-known expert in the field of sleep, one of the authors of Feel Great Day and Night, A Natural Approach to Treating Insomnia. We'll talk about some of the latest research indicating that after having a baby, you want to regain your original waistline. Sleep makes a difference. Dr. Craig Hudson will tell us why. Answer your questions about sleep at one 307-3002 right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Interesting research coming out of Ball State University out of Indiana. They took a look at women spending 60 days on bed rest. Now this was sponsored by NASA, it was to address the fact that they wanted to take a look at uh, maintaining women's strength and muscle loss uh, that occurs during long-duration space trips. So they sought to stimulate that by uh, uh, recruiting volunteers, in this case women, who are willing to spend 60 days on bed rest. Now, we have undergone, as you well know, a a major mindset shift when it comes to bed rest and medicine. It used to be, your back is hurting? Oh, just rest in bed. Heart failure? Take it easy. Rest in bed. Uh, Problems with the pregnancy? Rest in bed. We now recognize that in many of these cases, the risk outweigh the benefit. So bed rest has pretty much gone by the wayside. But in a gravity... Um, free environment, what are we going to do? This is an interesting study because they divided the women into uh, three groups. Um, again, all the women spending 60 days in bed rest to stimulate the, uh, to simulate the weightless conditions of space. One group put on a high protein diet. Um, with an amino acid added to it, uh, L-carnitine. Another group put on an exercise regime that included a 50-minute aerobic workout two or three times uh, a week and a strength training uh, uh, session two or three days a week. The third group had no special dietary programs. They looked at the women at the end of the 60 days 
and the difference in their physical condition was undeniable. The women who simply did the 60 days of bed rest and did no form of activity and no form of dietary intervention lost half of their muscle mass in some cases. The group who ate the high-protein diet but didn't exercise lost even more muscle mass than the control group that didn't make any dietary changes but didn't exercise at all. And what they found is that the exercise made a difference, that exercise helped keep these astronauts strong, um, helping them to recuperate more quickly after bed rest. And what they now believe is that this can lead to improved programs to combat strength and muscle loss in long-duration space trips and uh, probably uh, provide some valuable information in certain situations where people are on forced bed rest. Uh, you know, sometimes you have foot surgery. Uh, sometimes there's other complications in terms of major uh, instances of trauma or even when patients are in vegetative states, which, of course, we are now rethinking. Um, and with the recent news just in the past month that they're starting to do actually physical therapy on people in ICU. Why? Because they get out of ICU quicker with less complications. Again, another focus that daily activity makes a difference. Exercise help uh, keeping uh, female astronauts strong according to research out of Ball State University. Well, want to reduce your risk of breast cancer? Who doesn't, whether you're male or female? Apparently, a British study indicates that it's where you live, that women who live in urban areas appear to have more dense breast tissue and a higher risk of breast cancer. They compare to women living and working in London versus those living outside the city and found a dramatic difference in the composition of the breast. Now, let's preface this, because you might think, what is she talking about, composition of the breast? I mean, it is what it is. Well, we now know simply um, as little as 30 days supplementation of the good fats, the omega-3 fatty acids that we find in vegetable sources like flax and walnuts, uh, cold water fish uh, sources primarily, that you can change the composition of breast tissue. And there are many factors that affect the breast tissue uh, in terms of dietary, environmental. Um, this study suggesting that the closer to urban and high population densities that a woman resides, the greater likelihood that she will have more dense breasts and a higher risk of breast cancer. In fact, they found that for every 1% increase in breast density, there is a 2% increase in the relative risk of developing breast cancer. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Um, so when we uh, you know, take a look at or, or, you know, where a woman lives in relationship to her, her breast cancer, um, it, it does appear to have a difference. And, of course, uh, to really understand this, you guessed it. They need more money for more study. Well, this is interesting because it focuses on fats and your weight. Australian research suggesting that oleic acid empties from the stomach more slowly 
suppresses appetite more uh, potently than macadamia oil. The fact that we know that not all fats are the same. There are good fats and, and bad fats. This Australian research seems to indicate that oleic acid, which is a so-called free fatty acid, the major component of olive oil, uh, stimulates specific gastrointestinal hormones known to send fullness signals. So it's why when you consume a diet rich in olive oil, you tend to get fuller, faster, consume more nutrients, and less calories. They studied men on three separate occasions to take a look at uh, a diet and appetite of 40 grams of oleic acid from olive oil, 40 grams of macadamia nut oil, 600 uh, milliliters of milk. They found that the oleic acid stayed in the stomach much longer than the macadamia nut oil, indicating that that um, um, that may have um, uh, you know, s- some role to play in terms of actually um, having an application in obesity treatment. In other words, how can you design a diet for somebody who is overweight to uh, help them to experience a feeling of satiety, in other words, fullness, uh, but not consume too many calories. Apparently, the source of the fat makes a difference. This Australian research is suggesting that fatty acids from olive oil may enhance obesity treatment. Interesting indeed. Well, it's a new book out um, Thanks to um, uh, a noted health journalist, it's reviewed in today's science section of the New York Times, separating friend from foe among the body's invaders. It seems to follow (laughs) the recent mindset shift that there are good fats and bad fats, good carbs and bad carbs, good calories and bad calories. This is entitled Good Germs and Bad Germs, Health and Survival in a Bacterial World. Uh, written by Jessica Snyder Sachs and reviewed in today's uh, New York Times science section that uh, with hospitals around the country uh, tending to victims of a very fierce antibiotic resistant bacteria, um, you know, there is much concern about what are good bacteria, what are bad, the fact that our best efforts efforts to wipe out all the bacteria (laughs) uh, not only attacks bad bacteria, but good as well. So it's all about separating friend from foe among the body invaders. We have to have the good bacteria to maintain an immune system, uh, optimal digestive absorption, uh, and much more. Good Germs, Bad Germs, written by Jessica Sachs. We're going to return uh, at the bottom of the hour. We'll be talking about women and sleep with a well-known educator and research scientist uh, in that area. Some of the latest research inviting you to join us as well right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, back to the woman who has improved America's health more than Dr. Coop, Dr. Scholl, and Dr. Pepper combined, Deborah Ray. Women in Sleep will be the topic today in our Women's Health Focus at the bottom of the hour as we do each and every week during this time. Dr. Craig Hudson will be our guide. He is the author of Feel Great Day and Night, A Natural Approach to Treating Insomnia. We're talking about some of the latest research about women and their waistline and sleep. Before we get to that, 
Um, here's some interesting information out of Brown University, published information that when it comes to pregnant women and high-tech uh, imaging exams, wow, this is pretty sobering. They reviewed over 5,000 imaging exams performed on pregnant women at Brown University, a medical center, over a nine-year period and found that the number of nuclear exams rose 121%. These exams uh, included the uh, the CT scans, the nuclear medicine scans, the plain film x-rays, and of course um, it has been widely quoted that Medicare is troubled by the fact that we have seen double-digit increase in screening exams, radiation-containing exams, every year for the past several years. And then comes the revelation, thanks to sources like the Wall Street Journal, that there are more CT scanners in Pittsburgh than in all of Canada. Well, it begs the question, are we healthier? Do we live longer, live better for all of those exams, all those scans, whether they're PETs or MRIs or CT scans or simple uh, plain film x-rays? That question is in part answered by this Brown University study indicating that pregnant women are receiving more high-tech imaging exams than ever before. In fact, um, uh, than they clearly did 10 years ago. There's been a 121% increase, quote, exposing their babies to high doses of radiation uh, than uh, a decade ago. And while the levels of radiation exposure are low, they carry a risk of harm to the developing fetus. A CT scan is the, the uh, amount of radiation damage from hundreds of chest x-rays. And there are, for example, cardiac catheterizations. That's the radiation of 2,000 chest x-rays that CT scans which deliver more radiation than any other procedure saw the greatest increase in use, that the rate of uh, using x-rays has increased 7% a year, nuclear medical exams uh, rising 12% annually, and CT scans were, <laughs> were over 21% increased. And so why the, the, the good medicine, bottom line here, is that CT scan used in pregnancy should uh, only be relegated to detect potentially life-threatening conditions such as bleeding in the brain, um, a clot in the lungs, or appendicitis. That the patient recommended for a test like this, whether it's a plain film x-ray, a CT scan, a nuclear medicine scan, should talk to their doctor to find out if there is any alternative or any harm in waiting until after uh, the delivery to have this scan. And it seems to mirror what we have also seen in regards to pregnancy and the use of prescription drugs, that it wasn't that long ago that the use of prescription drugs or any types of scans during pregnancy was highly frowned upon. It was no risk is the better part of valor when it comes to subjecting the, the mother and the, and the unborn child to a potentially unknown risk. That has gone by the wayside. But of course, we have seen increasing pressures on physicians to generate revenue. 
and that includes revenue for the for the prescription drug companies. So we have seen more drugs used during pregnancy and more questions being asked. Gee, do we know what it means for pregnant women to be taking uh, any number of prescription drugs while they're pregnant? And now the question being asked by Brown University's Warren Albert School of Medicine, you know, even though the, the risk of harm is slight to the developing fetus, if any of us would uh, have the appreciation that there is a radiation exposure to the unborn child from a CT scan, from a nuclear medicine scan, from a plain film x-ray, and why um, that risk of harm is slight, any radiation causes a cumulative damage to the fundamental DNA of our cells that has been widely written about, uh, reported in the medical literature. In fact, Dr. John Goffman, a professor of medicine, an MD, PhD, uh, formerly of Lawrence Livermore uh, Research Lab, a professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, published a 600-plus page book in his 90s <laughs> indicating um, that there appears to be, from the medical literature, an increase in heart disease and cancer where you see medical um, scans, x-rays, CT scans. There seems to be a correlation. Dr. Goffin, who is holder of the patent on uranium and plutonium, and the gentleman uh, who was dubbed by the Atomic Energy Commission in the 60s to compile the first ever scientific treatise on the effect of radiation on human health, obviously has a unique perspective in this arena. And his premise is, is that we store damage from radiation to our cells and that in certain susceptible individuals can result in more heart disease, more cancer. So now sobering information presented at the Radiological Society of North America's annual meeting held at McCormick Center in Chicago, Brown University, a rise 121% increase in exams for pregnant women. Well, speaking of those exams, this is interesting. Children's Hospital Philadelphia has been able to indicate that you can use a special type of MRI scan to look at the lungs of non-smokers and actually see firsthand, secondhand smoke damage to lungs that one-third of people who breathe in high levels of secondhand smoke have damage to their lungs similar to that that you see in smokers. Apparently they have a genetic predisposition that is affected by their environmental exposure, in this case exposure to secondhand smoke. These researchers at Children's Hospital in Philadelphia used a special type of MRI scan to look at the lungs of non-smokers who were exposed to other people's cigarette smoke found evidence, you could actually see measurable evidence of the kind of damage, lung damage, that causes emphysema. So, the conclusion is that one in three non-smokers exposed to secondhand smoke for a long time actually develops structural changes in their lungs. Interesting indeed. 
they went on to note that they found that 57% of smokers, 33% of non-smokers, in other words, one in three, with high exposure to secondhand smoke, showed signs of lung damage measured by the scan, which kind of makes you wonder about all those children who live in homes or ride in cars uh, who are exposed in daycare centers to people who smoke. Now MRI scans showing for the first time high levels of of the secondhand smoke uh, can actually show measurable damage to the lung on a special type of MRI scan. Interesting as well as sobering. We're going to return to talk about some of the latest research about sleep. I mean, sleep is undergoing sort of this mindset shift. We now know it's as important to your overall health as your diet. Oh, yes, it is. So what is it about sleep and your waistline? Dr. Craig Hudson will be joining us today. He's a noted physician, research scientist, one of the authors of Feel Great Day and Night, a natural approach to treating insomnia, joining us today to talk about women in sleep and our focus on women's health right here on Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. The information presented on Healthy Talk Radio is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, how much do they know about medicine anyway? Well, it's our regular weekly focus each and every week uh, during this time about women's health. And who better to talk about women's health, particularly uh, focusing on some new research suggesting that women trying to regain that waistline, uh, maybe after a baby, sleep makes a difference. So what is the inherent uh, connection? Or do we need more money for, for more study when it comes to sleep and our waistline? We know of no better expert uh, to delve into the topic with than one of the authors of Feel Great Day and Night, A Natural Approach to Treating Insomnia. He is a physician uh, maintaining a, a private practice as well as a, a well-known research scientist, the CEO and product formulator for Biosential, who is behind a natural source of, of tryptophan sourced from pumpkin seeds. He's Dr. Craig Hudson, who joins us today. Dr. Hudson, hello and welcome. Thanks for having me back, Deborah. So when we take a look at, at the unfolding research that sleep makes a difference with our waistline, is this just um, a, a survey study or is it some inherent mechanism of action at play, Dr. Hudson, or do we know yet? Well, I think we, we know, actually, to some degree. Uh, the studies really go back into the early 1970s from uh, MIT, uh, Fernstrom and Workman. And what they demonstrated is that uh, when you are deplete in uh, tryptophan in your brain, you begin to crave uh, carbohydrates. And so this new finding, of course, is just one in an unfolding, but really a fairly lengthy history of research indicating that if you're deplete in tryptophan, then you will, in fact, uh, crave uh, comfort foods. And, and, and when you do that, you will gain a larger waistline as a result. <laughs> so when it comes to situations, for example, a new mother <laughs> for both, you've got four sons. I do. <laughs> yeah. You remember well. There's yeah. something about uh, having a baby and loss of sleep that seems to go hand in hand. What does that mean to to uh, to waistlines? Well, as you lose sleep, you, you, your waistline grows, and, and that's just you know, sort of well documented from this study, but from other studies before. And it's, it's you know, it's new mothers, but it's people also in the 
menopause or what we describe as around about the time of menopause, perimenopause. So it affects women throughout many stages of their life, but it's the same you know, basic issue. Uh, if you don't sleep as well, you will start to crave uh, carbohydrates and your, your waistline will unfortunately get, uh, get larger. Interesting. Now, along those lines, if you'll carry that a bit further, Dr. Hudson, because we read uh, just in the past few days some interesting research uh, coming out of uh, Northwestern University that seems to indicate that for all those people listening to you who are saying, oh, you know, I miss a couple, um, you know, half hours here or there, (laughs) who become chronically sleep deprived, that they reach a point in time where just catching up on the weekends, which of course is, uh, I'm sure you've heard that from, from more than one person, just doesn't work as well. That's right, and, and then people do try and catch up. They try and cram a lot into the work week. Their people are very busy, and they imagine that they can get by with one or two hours less per, per night, but that really begins to add up, and they can't catch up on the weekend after a time, unfortunately. If you look back in the early part of the century, we, we slept about eight to ten hours a night on average, right. and now we're at six or seven hours a night, and our, and our brains didn't change that much over that period of time. We're just pushing too much into, uh, into our days. And there's also the light factor. You've alluded to it in, in previous conversations, and if you'll bring us up to, to speed again for people just tuning in for the first time, Dr. Hudson, you know, while we're certainly the better for the electricity and the light bulb, light does affect many aspects, um, uh, including uh, melatonin production of sleep. Tell us more. And that's what we actually cover in the book, Feel Great Day and Night, and, and we really want to look at this. You know, how do you get the best night's sleep, and what happens to your body when you do get the best night's sleep? So what you want to do is get a high source of tryptophan in about an hour before you go to bed to induce sleep, but then it's really important that tryptophan metabolizes naturally to melatonin, which will only occur in the dark, and the darker the better. If you don't do that, your sleep won't be as, as good. And also from the, you know, you're referring to, I think, the Harvard nurse study, where, in fact, people who do sleep, you know, uh, less or work shift work have much higher incidences yeah. of uh, different uh, diseases. And it's really quite a problem. And this interesting, uh, you know, work just coming out from, from Northwestern University, that even if you don't feel tired, with that chronic sleep deprivation, uh, there becomes a point in time where you may not recognize it consciously, but uh, you know uh, tests on on uh, you know scoring how you stand in terms of of mental acuity. <laughs> I kind of guess reveals what's really going on, Doctor Hudson. It, it absolutely does. And again, this is the one study from Northwestern. There's other studies from Holland looking at the same thing in university students, very young, you know, people, very bright. But if, you, if you're sleep deprived, you won't function as well. Uh, your health will suffer. And you're right, your, your mental acuity will go down as well. People are surprised by that. But even in very young people, uh, you know, women who are giving, uh, you know, having new children, that, that really is a, a problem at that stage. And of course, as we get older, we all know. <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I'm noticing that I'm not quite as quick as I was uh, 20 years ago. But it gives certainly a new meaning to our, to our conversation um, that we've had the opportunity to engage in with you, Dr. Hudson, and that is, um, you know, taking a look at, at natural food sources, as you did, of, of tryptophan, uh, that this is more than just somebody who actually complains about having problems sleeping. This is important for everybody who's listening to you today and probably some, some more that would benefit from others telling them the story, Dr. Hudson. 
and that's really the thing we tried to do when we developed uh, Zenbat. We put a lot of time and effort into this. We wanted to find a very high source of tryptophan, which, of course, is the pumpkin seed, as you know from the, the previous conversations we've had. But you do need, with that, a little bit of a carbohydrate to, to induce insulin, which will get that tryptophan into the brain. Once you've done that, you have a very nice source that will help you stay relaxed during the day and, in dark conditions, induce a natural sleep. You know, the, the converse is also true. If your body is depleted in tryptophan or if your diet is depleted in tryptophan, your brain knows that. And then you start to turn on insulin or your, your brain will tell you to turn on insulin by going out and eating comfort foods. So if you're sleep deprived or if you're feeling anxious or feeling despondent, the foods people reach for, and people know this, is that they want cookies or they want cake, of course, which is exactly the wrong thing to do. And then they're on that slippery slope. So people who, uh, you know, report, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize that, you know, my, my nighttime activities included craving <laughs> for these carbohydrate-rich uh, snacks. It sounds like there's actually some biochemical reasons why that occurs, Dr. Hudson. It's, it's absolutely true. In some studies, we put people in front of a buffet, you know, where they have all kinds of foods to select from. If they have tryptophan, you know, in, in sufficient amount in their brain, they'll select a balanced diet. If they're depleted in tryptophan for whatever reason, they will select foods rich in carbohydrates, you know, the, the, the foods I just described, which, you know, once in a while is fine, but on an ongoing basis, of course, is really problematic. People aren't even aware of it. They're not going to be quite as bright the next morning as, as you've described in the study, but also they're going to start to gain weight. And, and again, it, it's a cyclical thing. You know, you start off, you, do, you crave carbohydrates. It gets you better for a short while, but then you're, you're back a few hours later craving carbohydrates again, and that's the problem. And, you know, as the father of, of four sons, uh, Dr. Hudson, um, you know, we, we see not only, you know, mirrored in our uh, dramatic decrease in the average amount of uh, uh, sleep uh, that we as adults have, but, but in children as well. Uh, I mean, are, are we now beginning to, to have some appreciation that we're really seeing the results of, of what that might mean in, in future generations? In other words, people who have, uh, uh, you know, sleep deprivations for their entire lifetimes, Dr. Hudson. It, and yes, and it goes on generation from generation. And then, you know, as referred earlier, you know, at the turn of this, the last century, we slept, you know, on average two or three hours more per night. And now here we are at much less. And I guess the question is, how far can we push ourselves Right. And is it really efficient if you if you squeeze out that extra hour or so that before going to bed when you run around and do all the laundry what people are going to do and take care of all the the things and then they jump into bed they can't sleep right away they they shortchange themselves on sleep and the next day they they're in the, in you know a, a one down situation and they push themselves a bit harder and you, it's, it's just as you say they can't catch up ultimately and and that's kind of what we covered in the book feel great day and night it's just stop pause see where you are. And realize getting a good night's rest will help you be more efficient the next day, and it's, it's, you're better off. And for you know, for everybody who has all too many time considerations in terms of, of their daily life, you know, knowing that you know, optimal sleep, um, you know, it, it's it's a major mindset shift that that I've personally seen, Doctor Hudson. I'd welcome your insight. That you know, sleep is as important as any other factor in our lifestyle. I would say it's one of the most important factors. We're, we're talking about uh, people who uh, who are obese from not sleeping as much. We could talk about you know uh, other health concerns. We could talk about mental acuity. We could talk about traffic accidents. If you don't sleep as well, you know 
that extra hour or two work you're doing in the middle of the night to try and ensure you know, to get more done, it's really not going to work. You're going to be more inefficient the next day. You're going to be more irritable. You're not going to have the time. Uh, we see it with adults. You're referring to children, and I think that's definitely the case. They're, they're watching television until later. So it, it's, it's really a mindset that we have as a society that we can push ourselves harder and harder. But, of course, there's, there's a, a limit to that, and I think we've approached that limit now. And you, you have to wonder, um, you know, particularly in hospital settings, why there's not more appreciation that rest makes a difference, <laughs> Dr. Hudson. Well, I, I think there's a, a growing appreciation of that. You know, of course, I, I work in a hospital, so I can tell you we, we don't always, we're not always mindful of people need to get a full night's rest. We do rounds, and people have flashlights, and all those kinds of things. But I think there is a growing appreciation of the importance of a good night's rest. And, uh, you know, so this study is just one, the Northwestern study, but there will be others following, I'm certain. So so knowing this, knowing that, that obviously, um, you know, feeling rested, I mean, we can all admit to ourselves it makes a difference in, in, in subtle ways. And, of course, you can well tell us in major ways, um, and we've already alluded to the fact that you know, the people who work shift work um, tend to, uh, you know, have sobering risk of, of even breast cancer. Um, tell us about the work behind ZenBev, Dr. Hudson. Well, then there is, we, we, you know, we are addressing it from what, what is the, the best natural source of tryptophan. We spent a long time when we developed Zambev looking at this, and we were surprised that the pumpkin seed is the highest natural source of tryptophan, way more than milk, you know, way more than turkey. You know, if you look at it, one single gram of pumpkin seed protein, which is not very much at all, is the equivalent of a full glass of milk. So that, that's where you have to start, is getting a good uh, pumpkin seed, and then you have to get rid of the oil by cold pressing it. And then, as, as we've discussed already, you need to have a bit of a carbohydrate at that time. And that's why we added the organic dextrose into the product. So then you've got really the ideal situation, a good source of tryptophan combined with a carbohydrate. And when you drink it, all the thinking is done. I've done the thinking for you. You take it about an hour before you go, want to go to bed. And then what you do is get tryptophan into the brain. And in dark conditions and only in dark conditions, it will become melatonin and induce a, a deep natural sleep with what we des- describe as good sleep architecture or good preserved sleep quality. As soon as you see light again, of course, that metabolism towards melatonin stops and you're back to becoming what's, what's called serotonin. So tryptophan is a very interesting molecule. We're very happy we put the time and energy into Zenbev. I think it's, it's, it's one of an interesting a group of products which are now called functional foods. And uh, because of, of your background, both in, in science and medicine, you know, this put to the scientific test. But I'd also be interested, uh, I'm sure you have case histories, people who uh, report back to you, you know, the differences that, that addressing this uh, made in, in um, perhaps, you know, untold aspects of their daily functioning, Dr. Hudson. We have a number of cases at this point. Of course, we, we have had the, the product end up out in Canada for quite a while and out uh-huh. in Europe, especially northern Europe, for uh, quite a few years. The, the biggest effect seems to be in, in uh, women, particularly perimenopausal, menopausal women, is a significant impact there. And where the real benefit of taking tryptophan is staying asleep in the middle of the night. And that's the worst time to be awake is in the middle of the night when people are up an hour, in some cases two hours we've heard, and they take, you know, Zambev, and that reduces it by about, you know, 30 to 40 percent, which is a, a significant uh, improvement, particularly when you're taking a food, which is not like taking a drug at all. And so we've had a number of, of reports just like that. 
We've also had surprisingly uh, some men who are now single fathers uh, looking after uh, children who are also stressed out, finding some benefit to that. And uh, I was a little surprised when I heard those case reports, but that's also been uh, what's reported to us. And it's probably eye-opening for, for most of us to consider that no matter what our health care challenge, we'd probably do a little bit better if we are well-rested, uh, Dr. Hudson. In every way, whether it's a physical health concern or a mental health concern, uh, if you have a full night's rest, you'll feel better the next day. And we all kind of know that. You know, we take an examination when we're younger. We want to have the best night's rest. We, of course, we don't always get it, but we should. Uh, as we get older, if we have health concerns, the same things occur. You need to get a good night's rest as possible under the circumstances. Well, we'll be back with more of Dr. Craig Hudson joining us today. We mentioned a book. You can find out more about the book. You can read more about the research. You can ask questions. I understand there's an email option. Find out about ZenBev, an all-natural source of tryptophan sourced from pumpkin seeds. There is a phone number. It's a toll-free number. It's one 866 460 That's one 866 4607363 or you can uh, log on to www.zenbev z e n b e v zenbev.com Dr. Craig Hudson joining us today one of the authors of Feel Great Day and Night right here on Healthy Talk Radio our women's health focus You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio worldwide whenever and wherever you need us at HealthyTalkRadio.com. Now, more with America's favorite healthcare consumer, Deborah Ray. It's a regular weekly focus each and every week on this time on women's health. Today, women and sleep. But as all of us well know, it makes a difference, young or old, male or female. Dr. Craig Hudson, who's a noted research scientist, clinician, one of the authors of Feel Great Day and Night, A Natural Approach to Treating Insomnia, who joins us today to talk about this research, the work in the book, the product formulation, the science behind that. Um, the fact that I'm sure among your colleagues, because as we have spoken, Dr. Hudson, the prescription alternatives, even the over-the-counter prescriptions um, for for sleeping aids, are, are often problematic in terms of risk-to-benefit ratio. So, so what do you hear back, you know, from from other colleagues or other disciplines in terms of, wow, ZenBev could really make a difference for my patients, Dr. Hudson. That really is the case. You know, I was speaking with a, a very senior uh, sleep researcher yesterday evening, and you know, there's a real benefit to finding a natural source of tryptophan. The drugs are fine once in a while, and I even prescribe them, but on an ongoing basis, the problem with them, many of them is dependence, where your body requires them to, for a, a while, and then also um, tolerance, where you need to take more and more of the same drug to maintain the, the effect. Of course, when you go to a natural source of tryptophan, you don't have that. You don't get tolerance. You don't get dependence. And it, it kind of fits with people's you know, um, understanding of sleep. You, you use a natural approach, you tend to have more benefit than using a synthetic approach on average. So when it comes to uh, to a product like ZenBev, um, you know, as we have, s- have spoken and taken a look, uh, you know, just just in terms of, you know, who this addresses, which is nearly everybody, you know, is it something that can not only be used therapeutically but also even in prophylactically as as good preventive medicine, Dr. Hudson? It does, yeah. It's a source of tryptophan, which we all need. You know, really, it's the best thing to have in terms of managing stress because it becomes serotonin during the day, but also in, in managing good sleep. So it's, it's both sides 
that equation, if you wish. You take the product during the day, you have some relief from stress. You take it at night, and you have some relief from insomnia. And, of course, that's a very common uh, complaint amongst many people. And for people who, who you know, want to not only read the book, you know, find out more, I understand there's actually a sleep kit, you know, for people, for example, who are traveling across time zones. Um, you know, will they find this in stores? Is it best to, to call the phone number or go to the website or, or do all three work, Dr. Hudson? All three work. Uh, <laughs> now, we're just bringing it into the U.S. So if, if really want to call the 1-800 number that, which you've given out or they can go to the website, uh, www www.zenbev.com zenbev.com and it will go through a lot uh, we have a U.S. flag on the website hit the U.S. flag and it will go into all the U.S. information for you yeah, excellent and that number again is one eight six six four six zero seven three six three. good information thank you Dr. Hudson thanks for having me Women's Health Today, our focus, Women in Sleep. Dr. Craig Hudson is our guide today. If you missed anything, listen again, HealthyTalkRadio.com. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.